interrupt regular programming to bring you a message from Her Majesty's government. Please stand by and await further information. This is not a drill. They have arrived. Workwear now proudly sponsors Trade Legends. You're going to start, yeah? Yeah, welcome back to Trade Legends. We've got a very special guest for you today. If you're in the plumbing and heating industry, you're definitely going to know who it is. If you're in London, even more so, it's Charlie Mullins. Um, should we say ex Pimico plumbers? Yeah, uh, don't forget the OBE. <laughs> Charlie Mullins <laughs> OBE. Um, so Charlie, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on. Um, we're honoured to have you on. Obviously, we're a new podcast just starting out, so it means a lot to us that you've agreed to do it. I think what we wanted to do for everyone who's watching, um, basically get your story from the start, where you started as an apprentice, and then as you go through, we'll chip in and ask you questions of it. But I think it's people are going to want to hear your story. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, from from me, from yeah. a business perspective, and obviously, you know, growing a business, I've got my own business here. So I think from that side and also from the, the plumbing side as well, because that's how it all started. So yeah, over to you then, Charlie, if you. Okay, well, first of all, I want to say thanks for having us on here. And, um, you know, it's uh, I'm now sort of, ex-Pimlico Plumbers, as you said. So I'm the founder of Pimlico Plumbers. name's Charlie Mullins and um, started off as an apprentice back uh, a long time ago now when I was 15 uh, in, into the plumbing industry. And I have to be honest, it's, it's been an amazing journey and um, couldn't have got any better. But to try and shortcut the last 40, 50 years in the industry, maybe 50 years, it's now we're over that. Um, I originally started helping a local plumber in, in North London area when I was the age of about nine or ten. I used to bunk off school and help this chap called Bill Ellis who had a motorbike and a great car and ass and, um, you know, jewellery and, and, and just seemed to have everything, you know, and money. And, um, you know, he said to me then, if you get an apprenticeship in plumbing, um, you'll never be out of work and earn loads of money. And he was totally right. And, and that's still the case today that, you know, I can happily say that to any apprentice today that you would never be out of work and earn loads of money if you get it right. So it was, uh, you know, a, a great sort of um, lesson. The seeds were sown then. And, you know, whatever this chap would have been Bill, um, you know, I was going to take after him. If he'd have been a bank robber, I would have been a bank robber. And uh, hopefully a good one. But um, plumbing was much better and certainly much more rewarding. And, um so started off at nine and helping him and getting a couple of bob a day. And he was working for people that um, had lots of money in the Amsterdam from Parliament Hill um, area and Primrose Hill area. And, um, you know, the people was just delighted with him. Everybody loved him. Um, they was giving him tips. And and he, he was showing me money that he was earning that, you know, was in, in, in one day we'd earn more than what my own father was earning in one week. Um, he was working in a factory. And, and I just thought it was... Uh, 
an amazing sort of opportunity. And, you know, I have to be honest, I think I was drawn into it um, for the fact that how well he had done and I could do so well out of it. Um, obviously, I had a, I must have had an answer to wanting to be a plumber or wanting to sort of, you know, get my hands dirty. I was never that academic. And, um, you know, left school at 15 and always say that, um, you know, I wish I would have left earlier, maybe at 14, because that was just pointless. I was always going to be a plumber. And um, I think I was always going to be a successful one, if I'm being honest. And the apprenticeship was was just the start of it. It, it, it was, you know, just a totally different world. And sort of, um, I can't say I loved every minute of the apprentice because, you know, it, it's not the um, best position to start with. But, you know, it was perhaps the... The only position and probably I look back now and, and it was, you know, a, a great position because you get tied in for a certain amount of time, which means you can't necessarily just leave or they can't easily get rid of you. And that was a godsend because I wanted to leave probably a thousand times and I think they wanted to get rid of me a thousand times. What sort of, time, got through the apprenticeship. What sort of year are we talking here where you started your apprenticeship? Um, so I'm 69 now, so... If I started at 15, how long ago is that? I'm no good at sums. Because <laughs> when I... You do the maths in here. I'm just thinking, when I was at school, um, when I got to the sort of careers guidance side of when I got to that age, I think it was about 1996, they weren't talking about right, apprenticeships. Well, I started in 1967. Sorry, I've interrupted you. Yeah. 1967, because born in 52, 15 years on that, it's 1967, yeah. So, yeah, when I was um, coming up to the age of leaving school and I was getting the careers advice, there was nothing about getting a trade. And I remember my dad saying to me when I did start plumbing, you know, once you get a trade behind you, you'll never be short of work, which mirrors what you've said. But it's, um, it's funny that 1967 and 1996, when we both sort of started our apprenticeships, that they weren't kind of talking about it and sort of giving you that option when you were, when you were leaving school. Yeah, look, you, you, you're obviously right there. And, um, you know, looking back on it, it was just, I was just grateful to get a job and grateful to get an apprenticeship. And, you know, the, the careers people didn't see it that way. They just said, you're lucky to get in the building trade as if it was a terrible thing. Um, and I think, you know, it's been played down, you know, over the years. And, you know, we all know now it, it's probably the most trendy, fashionable thing in the, in, in, in the workplace now to be a plumber and have an apprenticeship. I mean, it's just gone from, uh, you know, uh, a sort of just a, a job that, you know, you should always stay and work to, you know, an unbelievable, brilliant position now. Um, so things have changed a lot. And rightly, as you said, they they didn't really promote it at school. They weren't interested, really. It was They really wanted to be, they're only interested in the people that was top of the class and people that are that academic and going to go university. So, you know, and, and I think things have changed a bit, but not, not enough to, you know, really draw people in. But, of course... There's many, many successful tradesmen now that started off as an apprentice and got their own business and go on to, um, you know, stay in the industry for 50-odd years. Yeah, like it makes myself. me think, I did my um, GCSEs. At that point, if they'd, have, if they'd have told me about an apprenticeship, that that was an option, rather than me stay on and do my A-levels and then I took a year out before I was going to go to university and that's when I took my apprenticeship on. I, I, I would have been three years ahead in my career if they'd have told me at 16, you can go and do this apprenticeship, you can get a you know a trade for life. So sometimes I do think about that. What would have, what would I have been if I'd have got three years, got on, you know, qualified three years earlier? I still don't do that now though with, with schools. Like I still find no. people are coming out of schools and it's still not encouraged to go into a trade though. 
I mean, obviously, you're talking from 1967. You're talking from 1996. The yeah. same stuff's still happening now in, you know, 2021. We'll get on to what you well, do uh, now for apprentices, obviously, with Pimlico, but just carry on the story sure. of them from when you started your apprenticeship. Um, yeah, well, so for the moment, I started at 15 and finished it at 19 and then immediately went self-employed. Um and, and, you know, I have, to, I have to keep saying, if it weren't for the apprenticeship, uh, Pimlico Plumbers wouldn't have been formed. Uh, I wouldn't be, you know, talking to you today. So, it, you know, it's just the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, you know, I'd say to anybody, if you get that opportunity for an apprenticeship, grab it and, and make the most of it. And the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Um, so I finished the apprenticeship and I start being self-employed at 19. And that was, that was great. And I was just working in sort of Kent area. I didn't really get much use into London because I don't know why you just seem to stick the area you live in. And then, you know, started working up in London and, and um, basically I was to shortcut, started working around the Pimlico area and um, for, for an estate agent called Pimlico Properties and um, was getting, doing quite regular work up there. And then, you know, they started calling me the Pimlico plumber, you know, you're the, you're the plumber in Pimlico kind of thing. And, you know, and, and so I, I can't even say that, you know, a clever I am thinking of this great name. I just added an S to it and that was it. So I was already being called in the code plumber. And then, you know, the estate agent um, offered me a room in, in, in the basement in, in the office, in his offices there. They weren't offices in the basement. They were just storage, but he offered me this sort of room to rent. And, um, you know, I just couldn't work out why he's offering me, you know, why would a plumber want an office? It just didn't register at the time, but something about it made me think, it was the right move. And, you know, even then you have sleepless nights. I'm renting an office. I've got to get a telephone in. And I don't think we've, I've never, I don't mean it was computers, you know, well, certainly not I was aware of anyhow. And um, so, I, so I'll take the chance and take this office on. But, you know, I just, I, 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 thinking back at the time, why does a plumber want an office? Because I think most plumbers just on the basis of, of all them years ago of just going to work and you're at the job and, and that's it, you know. But, Obviously, I had some something about me that made me feel that, you know, I need an office. And, of course, that, that was a great move, an absolutely brilliant move, because all of a sudden you start sort of to shape up a little bit and, you know, you, you, you sort of got a base there to work out of. And, and of course, being based in Pimlico, it, it was just ideal. And, um, you know, I took on a part-time, I think you called him a secretary then, you know what I mean? Um, and, um well, actually, at first, I had this answer machine, so I'd pop out, do a couple of jobs, come back, check the machine, and then go again, do you know what I mean? And it, it was like, I thought, oh, this is brilliant. Um, and then, you know, as things progressed, I started employing, um, I employed some old biddy, actually. She was, she was a retired school teacher. You both want to laugh, didn't you? So you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, she, she, was, she was a retired school teacher, and... Um, you know, I think she had lost it a little bit kind of thing. You know, I don't mean that unkindly, but, but you know, I got her there and, and you know, she started bringing in the work kind of thing. But, again, it became too much for her. She only wanted a few hours a day. And um, I didn't progress. I just took on somebody else that I knew and had someone in the office all the time. And in between that, I started employing people. Um, and, and, and I realised, I didn't realise at the time, but I realised a few years later that, for me, the way to go forward in business is to buy employing people. And, you know, as the years went on, um, you know, eventually Pimlico employed about 450 staff. We have a 50 million turnover. 
250 odd bands on the road, most recognized plumbing company probably in the world, one of the most successful certainly in the UK. Um, and, and all of this, I think, progressed because of employing people. I, I think, you know, if I was giving out a, a, a good bit of advice, is employ people. And in the same token, the, I think the hardest thing in business is employing people, but it's also the best thing. I'll, I'll agree with that, running my own business. It's, uh, staff, yeah. Staff's a headache. But if you, get, if you get good staff, they make the business. They make the business. Well, I think, I think again, you know, the saying is your business is as good as the people that, that work for you. And, and it sounds a bit corny, but it's a fact. And, you know, as the years went on, we got better and better people, better and better engineers. The job was uh, very sought after because um, I think at, at, at the last sort of couple of years, or for many years, they've been earning over 100 grand a year. And um, some of them now was 200 grand for the year. That's obviously, you know, putting in plenty of overtime, plenty of call outs and, and you know, being, I think it was Corgi Register, but Gas reg Registered. And um, yeah, so it was very, very successful. And, um, you know, again, I realised over the years that um, I had to retain customers, you know, and, and like we all do as a self-employed plumber, you know, you, you, you look after that particular client and hopefully they'll come back to you and they will come back to you, you know, uh, uh, until you mess up or until you let them down. And in the end, we had a policy that, you know, once you sort of use Pimlico, we, we'd hope you'd be a Pimlico customer for life. And some of the customers, you know, even of, 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 of today, I had way back when, you know, I was self-employed or when we first started. I mean, most of them are dead, but there's still a few out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's retaining customers is, is undoubtedly a way forward. And, you know, not only did Pimlico Plumbers become recession-proof, we got through a couple of recessions, um, we also become COVID-proof in the end. And, and, you know, things were just getting better and better. So the thing you said about um, going back and checking your answer machine, it must have been difficult. And I remember my dad, he used to have my auntie Karen in the office. So he'd be out working. And then obviously there was no mobile phones or no way of contacting him when he was out at a job. So then we'd have to either go to a phone box and ring in the office and check if any more work had come in or go back. Whereas nowadays, like my office is my van and my receptionist is my, my phone really. But I'm a one man band. But I remember when I yeah. came to your place and we did the tour, which was awesome, by the way, um, I remember you saying at the time, the thing that took you to the next level was that moment you realised that employing someone to do the things that you were necessarily not as good at, like maybe the paperwork side, the account side, so you could concentrate on what you were good at, which was the plumbing, is what helped you to grow the business into what it's become. Yeah, look, undoubtedly, I mean, you start off with... with you know, thinking that you can do everything yourself. You know, I was doing the jobs, I was estimating them, I was doing the wages, I was doing the recruitment, I was answering the phone, um, all on a small scale. And, and and then, you know, once you realise that, you know, there's other good people out there and you learn to delegate and, and trust people to, you know, and then I realised, you know, somebody coming in doing the phones and answering the phones was better than me and somebody doing the wages was better than me and somebody doing the recruitment was better than me because... You know, there's there's people out there that don't necessarily, um, you know, want, want to necessarily, um, you know, be be the, the leader of anything. They're happy to work for somebody, and, and especially if it's a successful company. And, um, you know, I realised then that by getting these people in, um, you know, it's definitely the way forward. But many mistakes on the way, 
I mean, you know, the 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 the, the roads have been, you know, bumpy, plenty of sleepless nights, plenty of like, you know, going short of money. Um, but the end result is, I think, if you get it right, then, you know, there's no business like your own business. And what do you think, going from being an apprentice plumber to working for an estate agent, which is very similar to what I do, but, you know, 20 years down the line of my career, I'm still doing the same thing I was pretty much when I first started. What do you think you had that made you create this you know, massive business and employ all these people. Is this, have you always, obviously your uh, mentor, the plumber you started out with, he was your inspiration, um, but there must, you must have something else about you that's made you driven to sort of get to where you are today. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right, right there, Pete. I mean, um, undoubtedly you've got to have drive and ambition and, and, you know, you've got to take risks, you know, all the things that we sort of know about, but, but, but we sort of ignore them. And, you know, let's not kid anyone. One ingredient that we forget is hard work. And, and, and you, you know, and it's, and it's sort of believing, you know, believing in yourself that, you know, you can make a success of it. But I couldn't make, a, I couldn't make it successful without employing people. Um, and, and, and once I learned that, you know, you've got to have people on board, like yourself, you're just, not just, but you're, you're working for yourself, just yourself. And, and I don't believe you're employing people. And, you're probably carrying on doing that until you want to make the change. I'm not saying you have to make the change, but if you want to grow a company, you must employ people. But I think you said what makes you different. I'm not sure exactly that I am different, but, you know, I've definitely still got a lot of drive, always had a lot of ambition and always wanted to be successful. And I think that comes from my uh, childhood. You know, we come from a, a poor family. Um, money was very, very short, like many, many other people. And, um, you know, then moved on to a council estate and, um, you, you know, all I ever wanted to do was get off that council estate, you know, and, 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 and maybe just, just get off the council estate was going to be good enough. And I'm not sitting here knocking council estates, but, you know, I think I should knock them all down personally. Um, you know, I, I don't feel that, you know, too much comes out of them. And, and I just don't think that people, you know, are given that opportunity that come from the estates to, you know, get on in life unless they, you know, really push themselves. Um, you've only got to say where you live or what estate you was on. I was on the Rockingham estate and, um, yeah, you know, there, there ain't much to, you know, I don't say much then didn't come out of it any good. You know, most people just stayed there and, you know, and, and are still there today. So I think it's important to, you know, move on and, and, and see what else is out there. And, you know, like most people, I always want to have my own house, my own car and go on holidays. I just wanted all these things and um and, and I think you have to and there's nothing wrong with that wanting all these things. You know, often now that people are driven by, you know, some like a footballer who's got a, I don't know, a racing car, whatever he's got, and he's got a lovely holiday home and you know, he's got lovely clothes. And you know, I don't think that's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's what I took from this plumber that he had all these nice things in life and you know, I wanted them and and you know. I, don't, I really don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I think, I think if that's what's going to drive you on, I know it's not all about money, but, um, you know, as life goes on, uh, you know, as Michael Caine says, he's been rich and he's been poor and he knows which one he prefers. And I can say the same. I mean, the one, the one thing for me is that I wanted to sort of speak to you about, Charlie, is as you, as you started to grow then, so as the business got bigger and bigger, because you talk about... It's not all about the money, but the one thing that I find is the more successful you get, the more sort of hate that you get off people. 
and the sort of the more people that come for you. I mean, obviously now you've you're a recognised face and people know who you are. I mean, did did that come with the territory then as you did start to grow, you know, people were coming for your business, all that sort of stuff. Like, did did that come to you at, w- at one point? Because obviously for, for me, I think the one thing that holds a lot of people back when they they want to grow is they think or they worry about what other people think. And there's a there's a culture now in the UK where we bash wealth generators. Yeah. We like, oh, you know, you know, the, the Corbyn sort of side of things. I hate to go into politics, but that sort of side of things where it's like wealth is a is a dirty word. But you, what you've just said to me there, you've come from a council estate and you've, you know, you've, you've exceeded what was expected of you. So, yeah. you know, for, from, from my perspective, it's, you know, listening to what you say there, I think a lot of people maybe Pete in his head, he's telling himself, you know, that like the difference between both of you is like, maybe like, oh, actually, can I do these things when actually he can, whereas you've just gone, I'm going to try. So maybe that's... Yeah. As, as you said, it, you, you're so right. Unfortunately, you know, we're a nation of knocking successful people. And, you know, there's been plenty of casualties on the way. There's been plenty of problems. You know, I, I actually believe that any successful person, you're going to have casualties on the way. And it may be your health. It may be finances. It may be marriage. It may be losing family, losing friends. And, you know, a certain amount of people totally dislike you. Um, but... On saying that, you know, I think it's the minority uh, of that side of it. And, you know, majority of people are fine with it. 90% are fine, but you've got 10% of arseholes that, you know, hate it if you've got a good car or hate it if you're doing well. Um, but, you know, that's their problem now, isn't it? Um, don't get me wrong, I've, I've had some shit off them, you know what I mean? And you still get it today, you know what I mean? The Twitter, still get the it today, Twitter mob. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, the, the keyboard warriors and, you know, what, you know, you know, but, and, you know, I'm not going to spend my time with them because they're, they're just arseholes, you know what I mean? But in the same token, there's many, many decent people out there that want to see you get on. And I think by having podcasts like this and 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 programs on the telly of, of you know creating entrepreneurs and showing success, I think it's helping. It's going a long way now because you know yourself, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And um, and I think it's great. The problem you have is that you know, I think the word entrepreneur is used too lightly. I mean, you know, when I used to go around doing a few talks and that uh, business things. You, you talk to a couple of chaps there and, you know, and they say, look, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I say, what are you doing? Like they've sold a plate of cheese sandwiches. Like that, like, you, know, you know what I mean? I mean, so I, I don't think it's a word we should use so lightly, but, you know, I respect and admire anybody that goes to work, whether you're a road sweeper or a bank manager, just to be in the workplace, be part of society, contribute something to it. And um, I, I wish them people all the luck in the world. I was, I was going to say, obviously, do you think that's, probably why you in in a way obviously you talk about people and hiring the right people but you feel like because you've come from that background and you haven't really grown up with a lot and you wanted to get off that stage you feel that like you know because obviously when I've I talk to my staff I like to have a certain cultural connection inside the office here do you think that's enabled you to have that and that's probably why you've been a decent manager and that's why the business has grown do you think that's something that's undoubtedly undoubtedly because you know you you understand you know you understand you've, you've done it, you've come through it. And, uh, you know, certainly I think it's important to be drinking from the same teapot as your workforce. And undoubtedly, you know, that's that's what I was doing, undoubtedly on that. And I think that went a long way, um, a very long way with people because, you know, they didn't sort of, they couldn't really sort of, you know, as if to say you've been, you know, uh, what is it, I don't know, born into money or you've been given an helping hand. And, um, yeah, of course it goes a long way, undoubtedly on that. And, and I think people respect that. 
And and again, with the right team, they help you grow. And, and I'm going to add a bit in here that I probably left out. It's, you know yourself, you're employing people. It's so important how well you can look after these people. And, you know, I've had a few people, you know, that I'm the worst or what's the worst, worst boss in the world. But I had guys that have been with me 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, you know, loads of years with us. Um, and they're still there today. And, and uh, you know, if you're a bad boss, they're not going to stay. So I think that we, we run a good company. We had plenty of incentives for people. Uh, as you've seen, people, we had a gym there. We had a canteen. I think saying good thing. Canteen, <laughs> a canteen. And it was, uh, it's a teeth. They're new. I still wear it. I mean, uh, Pete, you had, I know what you you're had thinking. Pete at the gym. You had Pete at the yeah. gym. When I went in, I had to go in the gym. It's awesome. <laughs> Honestly, it's awesome. Oh, no, well, he, yeah, he was, I mean, he loved the gym, didn't you? That, that, <laughs> that whole would... tour, I'll be honest with you, that whole tour, it kind of blew me away because I, obviously I knew who you were. I'd never met you, but I knew who you were. It was like celebrity plumber. I think I can remember the first time I would have either seen you on the news or were you ever on the Big Breakfast? Did you go on the Big Breakfast at one point? I used to watch yeah, that before school. Yeah. I think I remember you being on there, like plumber to the stars. But I was surprised how actually down to earth, normal bloke you were when I actually met you. And I didn't stop laughing the whole time when we did the tour, you were telling jokes, we were just having a great time. And it seems such a nice place to work because like you say, you, you've got the gym there, there's a canteen, everyone was friendly. And the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was like, you're really big on branding because of the, the vans. Yeah. I mean, we saw loads to do with the vans, I'll let you explain it, but also the uniform, it's so well known, the brand. Just explain for the people watching the importance of that for growing the company as as well. Yeah, well, look, uh, as, as I started, as the company started getting known and, and you know, it was quite a colourful company, you know, the bands were all sign written, which I believe every tradesman, you know, should have a sign written band. I just think it should be, you know, compulsory kind of thing. I just think it's wrong that tradesmen drive around in unsigned written bands because, first of all, it's the cheapest way of advertising. It's a great way of advertising also. I mean, if I'm being honest, our bands were, were our best advertising tool we had. You know, going around London, people are seeing them, and, and you know, of course, it attracts work. It also, I think it gives you some form of um, credibility that, 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 you know, you're a proper outfit. You, you, you're prepared to show where your office is and your phone numbers and what you do kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, again, this is me. I just think all tradesmen should be, should be wearing uniform. I think, I think it's... I think if you're going in people's houses, you need to be respectful and I think they need to feel comfortable with you. And I think a sign written van and, and, and a nice uniform on um, and knowing that you've got an office space or, or that you're, uh, you're actually, you know, up and running, not just sort of make believe. And, um, and, and that all started to build a brand. And, you know, I took on a guy which became my market manager and um, it was with me, I think, about 40 years. And... Um, he said to me at the time, it's a real simple, he said, you need recognition. Without recognition, he said, it's pointless. You need recognition. And he said, it doesn't matter how you get the recognition, whether it be on a newspaper or a telly or a billboard or a business card or uniform band. There's a million ways of getting recognition. He said, but you need recognition. And if you happen to be getting recognition for the right reason, you know, you're a plumber, you're good, this is what you do, then uh, I think it's a, a, you can't fail situation. I mean... And, and then, you know, I try and explain to people, you know, there's a reason why Marks and Spencers are on the high street, you know, and not in a back street, you know, because they need to be seen. They need, they need people to know about them. So I'm going to say you could be the best plumber in the world working in a little back street 
garage and nobody knows about you. So it's important to get recognition. I remember you saying previously about um, another way that you made Pimlico what it is, where you're sort of, would you call them ethics, where it's like plumbers can be known for being late or not finishing a job or, you know, you see all these rogue trader programs ripping people off. Your um, yeah. tactic in business was to do the opposite of the bad and try and be on time, smartly dressed, finish the job. Um, and by that, you gain the trust. And then when you, once you gain trust with a customer, then it's word of mouth because they recommend you to their friends and their family. And just by doing the That's basics it. right, you are um, getting work in without even having to advertise, it's sort of doing it for well, you. You are right there, Peter. And, and, you know, many guys watching this know this. They know that, you know, we all know really what pleases the customer. And, and what I've done at the time, I don't think we've done anything clever, but I just come up with a list of bad things that are in the industry and i just done the opposite, you know. So plumbers turn up late, so we turn up one time. Plumbers with his arse hanging out, his trousers, so we have smart guys. You know, rush the old van, we have nice new vans. Um, not transparent, we're trying not cleaning up after the job, so we clean up. Um, not finishing the job, you know, going off somewhere else. And, and so they're all pretty common sense things. And I think by coming up with a list of stuff that customers are unhappy about, just do the opposite. And, and if you think about it, I don't think we're doing anything clever. We're just doing it the right way. And there's no better way than the right way. The other thing that I think is important is, you know, to, to give uh, what I would call value for money. Everybody says, Pimlico, not everyone, everyone, a lot of people say Pimlico are dear, but, you guys, or Peter, you certainly know that, you know, in plumbing, cheapest is the dearest. Um, we may get there quicker. We may get the job done uh, in a quicker time. And and they've got a guarantee and someone to come back to. And I think all them things you've got to build into your business. And and you use the one word that's important, trust. You know, it's so important that, that people trust you and 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 you're respectful to, to, their, to, their, to, their, to their sort of premises and, and you're transparent. I mean, we was probably one of the first companies to come out with their prices on their invoice. And, you know, yourself, years ago, plumbers, oh, you know, it was, oh, well, I don't know how much that cost. Oh, blimey, it was one of them. And, you know, we just come out and people were going to me at the, at the, at the beginning of it, you've got to be mad, you know, telling people how much you're going to charge. Well, you know, people are not stupid. And, and, and if they see it, that's what they're going to pay. And they keep buying your times. We've got our time on the timesheet, time we finish. Try and keep the travelling time down to a minimum. That weren't when we we didn't have that right to start with, you know, because we nearly went bust in 1990, um, and we changed the, the format. Uh, and the biggest change we made was to make all our work payment on completion, and that proved to be a winner. And again, people said, "You're not going to get away with that. People ain't going to have the money. They're not. It's not that." But you know yourself, most businesses go out of business because somebody owes them money. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I think we personally, I think we changed the industry for the better. And um, I, I think many other plumbers and companies have done similar things to what we're doing and copied ideas. And I think I said to you, Peter, and the group of plumbers that came down on, on the day for the tour, that you'll walk in here today and you'll see something that, you know, will appeal to you and you'll copy it. And, and that's what we do. We, we all learn off somebody. And you just said... You know, there's certain things that you see in there and you thought, wow, you know, I'll do this. And, mm. you know, I could go on giving what I think is business tips, but it, it's got to be what you feel is a benefit to somebody. And that's how we learn things. We learn off others. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. What I do on social media with um, we share knowledge, 
We share tips, how to do the job, tools for the job, things like that. And people are starting to share business tips, like especially with the branding these days. People have got branded workwear, branded like accessories. Um, and it's the, the younger guys are seeing that and they're doing it. And things that I'm doing now towards the middle of my career, these guys are seeing and they're learning at the start of their career so they can only benefit from it in the long run. I did something very similar to what you've just said. When I was, when I came out of my apprenticeship, I was working with my dad and a guy called Kev and eventually Kev went to work for someone else. So it was just me and my dad was at retirement age. So I had to think of somewhere to get work from. And I went into a local estate agents with a price list. I worked out how much I charged to, you know, common jobs like a mixer tap on a kitchen sink, repair a toilet, do a landlord gas certificate. And I just took a price list and I said, that's how much I charge. I don't charge any extra for, you know, going out on a Saturday morning if it's an emergency. And I got my foot in the door and then they gave me over the last 10 years so much work. And that's all I did. I went in with yeah. a price list, just was honest with them. Well, I think, I think you know, you're, you're, you're certainly right. And, you know, I totally agree with you. And, and it's like, you know, I'm sure you guys are the same and many of the listeners are the same. When we ring somebody up, the first thing we were asking, you know, how much will it cost and when can we have it kind of thing? And I think you need to be able to answer them questions. And, um, you know, it's very, I mean, you know, I don't use anybody unless they give me guidelines. And, and, and you know, everybody should have an hourly rate. We can't just say, I'm going to come there and I'll fix a leak. And if I do it in 10 minutes, it's 200 quid. It's got to be, so we'll charge a minimum of one hour. This is their charge. And I think that, I just think it's so important to be transparent. And um, nobody wants to be presented with a bill that they've got no idea about, you know, you, 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 you're just transparent. And I think it's the way forward. And more so today with all these computer things, you know, people check it out, you can time people, you know, it, it, people are just no no longer be prepared to be, you know, ripped off. I think people want value for money and transparency, I think is a great way forward. So, ladies and gents, if you want to save big on some big name brands, then Trade Legends is the place to do that. Head on over to www.tradelegends.uk forward slash discount. I mean, the, the one question I want to go back to is, so you're 1990, the business is, is it close to going bust? Is that, is that a good description or...? Well, uh, I don't know, yeah, close. I mean, when is he two liquidators? Well, we owed about 300 grand. Um, and the reason was we had every Tom, Dick and Harry owing us money. You know, so we 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 got behind with everything. And um, you know what it's like with people paying at the time. And, you know, I, I it was all going wrong. It just weren't happening. You know, my ass was, I was going to lose my ass. And and, and um, it just, it'd be started. And what had happened, I just purchased a building from... Um, uh, for our next move from Pimlico into sort of Lambeth area. And I bought it for about a quarter of a million pounds. Unfortunately, borrowed the money from the banks, um, which is the biggest mistake I ever made in my life. Um, and, and they lent me it in December, completed on the property in December. In April, you know, they wanted it back. You know, they're basically saying there's a recession out there and it ain't worth the money, you've ripped it apart. And, you know, the same value who who said it's okay for about four million. It was the same geezer that came down and said, it's only worth 50 grand. Because I ripped it all apart to turn it into offices. And I'm looking at this guy and thinking, you're having a laugh in you. You know, three months ago, I was the best thing since sliced bread. Now I'm a complete waste of time. Anyhow, they put lots of pressure on the bank and um, we worked our way through it, you know, just got on with it. 
Uh, to be honest, when I see two liquidators, first liquidator said, how much do you owe? I told him. He said, how much have you got? I said, nothing. He said, well, it ain't rocket science. You need to go bust. You know, we get you up and running again, all this nonsense. And then went to the second liquidator and he said, look, you're going to lose your house if you go bust. You, you know, you lose everything. He said, I would suggest you fight for it. And that's what I've done. And um, it's the best bit of advice I've ever had. I, I mean, I'm not normally one for two for second opinions, but on big decisions like that, I think it's important to get a second decision, a second opinion. And, uh, you know, it went on for four or five terrible years before we got through the recession and, and come out of it. But it makes you stronger. And um, I, I think it's part of being successful. I think you've got to go down to come back up. I mean, the, the, the one thing I want to touch on there, because that, that to me blows my mind, because all people see now is Charlie Mullins, celebrity plumber, you know, they don't see the struggle that you go through. So when you get like the comments online or whatever, but I mean, for, for me, £300,000 in debt, and then you've got people left, right and centre going, well, don't give people a, like a, a breakdown of your costs and your prices. You've got all these people telling you you can't do it. No, 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 no. I mean, what advice would you give to people that are in a similar situation? Because we've got COVID now. Yes, some businesses are doing really well. My own business, we grew last year. You know, what advice sure. would you give to people that are in that scenario now then, like to, to sort of yeah. come through the other side? Because that's, you know, like for okay. me. Well, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say never give up. Um, but you have to be realistic. But I suppose if I was realistic at the time, um, I would have given up, you know, if, if, if you know, I added things up, it looked like we couldn't get out of it. But again, you know, we take advice off certain people. And my new accountant that I got at the time, he said, look, you're this is 1990. He said, you're turning over a million pounds. He said, I think it's too good a business to fold it up. You know, there's something there kind of thing. And, you know, and, and whether it be a million pounds or 50,000 you're turning over. He said, you know, I honestly believe that this is a great business. And, you know, we had a great business model. Um, I just think that, you know, I, I went about it the wrong way by allowing customers to owe us money. If, if I'd never done that, you know, I, I didn't understand cash flow then, but I understand that, you know, I was borrowing off the bank and, they, you know, I mean, they're crooks in suits, aren't they? You know what I mean? They, they had, a, had an overdraft with them, 80 grand, and, and like every week they're cutting it, cutting it. And I remember one, one day the, the bank manager ringed me up and he said, um, uh, I don't know, we was on about 30 grand, like overdraft, and we needed it to pay people because we didn't have the money in. And, and he said, I'm cutting your overdrive. And I said, okay, when are you doing it? And he said, I've just done it. And I'm thinking, you know, well, that's it. I'm in the crooks in suits, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, would you, would you say then that one decision changing the way that people paid, like paying on completion, is probably the one thing then that saved the business? Would you say that is? Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. You know, our service was good. And, and obviously, I think we had to smarten it up a bit. You know, we wasn't as good as, as you know, the longer you're in business, the better you become at it. But the one change we make of not having people owing us money, now we lost certain customers and then um, we didn't give accounts out so freely no more. You know, we weren't having people um, owing us lots of money. And, you know, and I, I come up with a policy then that, you know, if the Queen used us then, she would need to pay. And if she can't pay us there and then, we ain't doing the job. And that was for whatever celebrity or, or the normal people, it was payment on completion. And yes, that was the difference of us being where we are today. Plus, obviously, many things of, you know, where we improve the service and become a little bit more serious with it, you know, where, where I think I just didn't take it serious enough 
Um, you know, I was playing plumbers and, you know, you know, they, they, they might have been, you know, shooting off early and not doing a great job. And then all of a sudden you think, you know, I've been burnt here. I've got to get this right. So we became, you know, very, very like the plumber's got to look right. He's got to act right. Everything's got to be right about it. You know, don't take a chance with employing people. They've got to be right. And, uh, you know, yourself, the better you pay people, the better the person you get working for you. And the longer it went on, you say you like you implemented different things to help the business succeed. Like what I, I remember from my time at your place was the office where you've got the sort of call centre staff, the guys, all the engineers, pictures are up on the wall. There's a map so you know where everyone is. If an emergency comes in, you know the guy nearest to that job just to streamline the whole thing. Did that change? Did that make it run more smoothly? Yeah, well, we was always running that type of system, but I just don't think that, um, you know, we, we, we had enough, I don't know if the right word is control over it. Um, and I think we, I have to be honest, I think we employed a lot of the wrong people at the time. And, you know, as, as the business goes on, you you know, you know yourself, a plumber can walk in there and you can spot he's a plumber, you know, before he opens his mouth kind of thing. Um, but I think at that time, you, you've got to build up this sort of knowledge and experience of people and dealing with people. And, um, you know, and then and then the proof's in the pudding. You give them a little, you know, that long time ago, we'd give them a longer trial and we could probably have someone on for 12 months and they're still making mistakes. And then we come up with a system, you know, if you ain't got it right in a month, you're gone. And then quite often, you know, you've got to have the teething problems come in, but, you know, you either stack up or you don't. And it ain't what a lot of people want to hear about. I mean, I had guys walking there many times for an interview and we had... We, we, we formed the Pimlico Bible, you know, you've got to wear a uniform, no ponytails, no stupid haircuts. I know. You wouldn't get and, a job uh, there, mate. I know, I wouldn't get a job there. We don't have nothing, we didn't used to have no trainers, no shorts, no vests. You, you know, you had to be this. And there was one, I remember some fella came in once and he see the signs on the wall, he's waiting for an interview. And we're just sort of trying to lay out our terms and conditions for people at the time. And he said, um, he said, I don't want to work here. It's like the army. And I went, you're right. You don't want to work here. You know, if, if people are not happy to go with your terms and conditions. And then I'll also learn in business that it's important to, if you're running the show and it's your business, it's important to, you know, have your terms and conditions, your rules and regulations. And if people don't like it, then it's fine. You know, go somewhere else. And once you've, once you've got that in place, so people come on on the basis, yeah, I can't wear trainers and, I, you know, I won't say about ponytail now, but we're talking about 40 years ago. And, and you know, we didn't have, well, we still, well, we still had no earrings, you know, for, for, for the guys and all that. And it's not it's not about whether I think it's right or wrong or whether I believe in it or I don't believe in it. I just think when you turn up in somebody's premises, um, they need to feel comfortable. And I mean, you know, we you know we didn't have people with facial tattoos and tattoos on their hands, you know. I just think that... It wasn't what was expected at the time. And, and now people say to me, we're well, old-fashioned and, and this and the other, but I would still run the company like we've run it for 41 years and it would be more successful now than ever because, you know, I think we've learned so much in business and people, I think, respect being in a good job these days. Yeah. I might have misremembered this, but do you have like a leaderboard for the guys that are working for you? Because I imagine a big company... You're going to have guys that yeah. are competitive. They want to be known as, you know, one of your best engineers. Is Yeah, look, we made it very competitive. Basically, what we used to do, the better the plumber or engineer, the better the, the newer the van and the better the number plate. We had all plumbing-related number plates. So if you see someone driving around in shower or bog one or drain, 
or water or call out. They were top engineer. If you got someone that didn't have a number plate, he'd be towards the bottom end. And, you know, there's plumbers that are great at doing tap washes and other plumbers that are great at, you know, putting bathrooms in. And, and you, you have to, I think, sort of put people in their position. And, you know, you're not going to send like a, a tap washer plumber around to, you know, kind of thing, check out a leak in, in a two million pound flat in Eaton Square kind of thing. So there's different levels of plumber. And I think it's important that, that you know that. And, and I think when you work with these guys, you quickly know who can do what. It's no point in putting a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. What reg would you have, Pete? Bog? Bog two? Or something like that? No, I think, um, I mean, my, Shitter. what do I do? Bender. Bender. <laughs> Bender, not a copper. So I'd, I'd be Bender. <laughs> you know, lots of the engineers, they, they really, you know, the newer the van, the air conditioning at the time, I mean, in the end, everything was a new van, but then we'd take out an engineer from an old van and pass it down to a lower engineer. So it was like, you know, in the league, people wanted a better van. They wanted more work and, you know, they wanted a better area. So I have to say, we'd send the plumbers that weren't so good uh, sort of let them do all the travelling. And the good plumber, we keep him in local area, Kensington, Chelsea, where, you know, he's going to be more in demand. We don't want him the other side of the line. Great way of doing things because it gives them an incentive to work to their best ability so they don't get complacent and they've got something to aim for and a bit of prestige thinking, yeah, I'm one of the top dogs at Pimlico. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you, does it, is it, I can't remember if I've remembered this correctly, but if someone works for you and then they leave, they can't come back? That's correct, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, our policy, our policy was behind that, but you know yourself, there's a lot of tradesmen that, you know, all of a sudden get a pad extra up the road per hour, you know, or they've been off for the job. And, you know, they use you and abuse you. So we come up with a system, you know, if you're with Pimlico and, and you leave, unless it was like a valid reason, personal, you know, going through a situation at home or, you know, something health-wise or something, then... They, we would have them back. But if somebody just said, you know, I'm I'm leaving, um, you know, I've got something better. I don't think they've got something better. And then you, you should just sit back there and wait for them to call up again. And then you say, well, no, that's their policy. We don't re-employ it. Now, you could arguably say, is it right or wrong? Is it good or bad? But it worked for Pimlico. And I often say this to, to a lot of people. It's all very well me saying what's worked for us. I'm not going to say it worked for everybody, but you've got to make that decision. You, 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 you've got to decide whether you want to re-employ people. And, you know, so, look, you know yourself, sometimes people come back and they're better. But I would say if 10 people came back, maybe two of them would be better. The other eight would still be, you know, callbacks and, you know, not turning up and late and scruffy and, uh, you know, got a million problems. That, that's, that's the way it worked for Pimlico. And then another thing you did was uh, branched out of the plumbing. So um, when people were asking you, can you recommend a decent electrician or a decent carpenter? You probably thought, well, I can, but that's me giving away work. Why don't I employ electricians, carpenters, and then you can do the whole job, basically? When did that, was that sort of... Did that come about by people asking you to recommend different trades or was that just a, an idea you had one day to branch out from plumbing? Basically, uh, we had a plumber at a job and you know yourself, you need a carpenter for floorboards, you need a carpenter for the ceiling kind of thing. And um, it was very hard to find tradesmen, you know, uh, at the time, um, you know, good tradesmen. And, you know, they're going in like, you, you know, in a totally different level and they're, you know, talking one, 
the money they want and you know when they're going to go there and i just found it so difficult to find good tradesmen to 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 match what we was doing and i thought myself this is crazy you know we're doing a great job then all of a sudden this carpet has turned up and you know what i mean it's just not exactly what we wanted kind of thing so i just thought myself this is crazy so let, let's get you know whether you're a plumber or electrician let's work the same standard so that's why we started taking them on and then of course once a customer knows you can do the other bits, you know, it's fair, and it's exactly with the plumbing or heating, it's fairly obvious you're going to use your electrician or your carpenter. So, you know, in the end, it didn't matter, you know, you you work for Pimlico Plumbers, whether you're, you know, a heating engineer or whether you're a painter, you know, as standards were the same, and, and it worked. But it was, we purely done it on the basis that at that time it was difficult to attract good people. Um, but I think, you know, things have cleaned up a lot now. You know, I just feel that, you know, tradesmen are a lot more um, justified in their work. They're more proud of it today. And um, and I think they're more respected today. And I don't remember if, Peter, you remember, but when I was an apprentice, um, we used to turn up some of these big houses and they'd have like a, a sign up, you know, tradesmen ran the back. You know, that, that's how it was then. And then now you turn up there at, uh, they're at the front door with their arms open with a cup of tea in their hand. They can't wait to see you. So it's changed. I think, you know, tradesmen have got a lot more sort of respect and, and a lot more value today, I think, than ever. Yeah, I think that boils down to, like, even on on social media, you see tradesmen there a lot smarter. The workwear's smarter. People take the whole, yeah. I think, that sort of side of things. Well, I've always thought, sick. going back to things you said about the van, I think I've always wanted to have a nice van because I think if Yours you... Yours isn't sign written, is it? It's not. <laughs> he hasn't got a sign on it. My van's not. My van's not sign written for purely for tool theft reasons. Um, but yeah. also, I did my last van before that was sign written. I've got. I always say I've got work coming out of my ears. I don't need any more work, and I'm not at that point in my career where I'm ambitious like you, where I want to grow it. I'm just at the minute. I'm happy doing being a busy plumber known as a good plumber in my area so that's why my van's not sign written but i do think if you've got a nice van when you pull onto the customer's drive they kind of know they're going to get a nice job if you're well presented if your van's nice if you're clean tidy um so have you got any more quite i wanted to ask you about my main question was going to be to you if you had to do it all again starting tomorrow if you were 15 starting your apprenticeship tomorrow do you think just, just before he answers yeah my answer to this to this question that you would say would have been no but i'll let pete ask you the question and see what you'll say now. 2021 charlie mullins 15 years old do you think you could recreate what you've done nowadays undoubtedly and a lot bigger one of my my um you know people often ask this question and and they say you know what would you do different and and i would have thought thought a lot more bigger. You know, I didn't realise that you can succeed. I didn't realise how successful you can be as a tradesperson. And so that was in the back of my mind. I think I was ambitious, but if if I I suppose if I knew what I knew now, I think you've got to think big in business. You you know, you you know, I, I used to, you know, like like all of us years ago, I'd, I myself would be in a rusty old van like that we bought from an auction. And I used to drive in and and there was like, you know, these um you know, business people driving in in Rolls Royce and Bentley, and I used to say to myself, "That's I want to, that'd be me one day coming to work." So I had that thought anyhow, but I never thought, you know, I would have four hundred fifty people working for me and 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 like you know, massive thirty odd thousand headquarters and two hundred fifty bands. 
but I realised as time was going on, I've got to start thinking bigger. I've got to come away from the one man, you know, business person and start thinking, you know, you can be big in business. And I would say, I'm not going to say it's a regret because, you know, I'm over the moon the way it's turned out. And, but I think now if I'd have thought a lot bigger then, then, you know, this company I've just sold would have been, you know, maybe twice the size and worth twice the amount of money. And, uh, and, and I would have had twice the rewards out of it over the years. And not just me, but many people have benefited by Pimlico Plumbers, loads of apprentices. I think we've had 1,400 go through our books, and I'd like to think most of them have been successful. We've had many, many different family members that have come on, whether it's my family or other people's family. And, you know, many people have, have had, you know, great holidays, great living, you know, bought houses uh, uh, out of a successful business. So in the end, it's not all about, it's just not all about you. It's about everybody else that's also with you. And I think if everybody benefits, then I think it's a success. You know, it, it's the way to go. How hard a decision was it to sell? Because obviously Pimlico's as successful as it is because you care about it. Was it a really difficult decision or was it an easy decision? Yeah, very difficult. I mean, you know, it's been my life. So you don't take that lightly. And, you know, in the past, you have had many people wanted to buy us in the past. And, and you know, I, I've sort of thought about it and come away from it. And same old thing, shall I, shan't I? And then, you know, you've got to make a decision. And I think we've all got a sell-by date. And, um, you know, I've been there 41 years. So it was, it's been a lot of 42 years. It's been a lifetime. And um, I think it was the right time to sell. I mean, I would love it to have gone on for more family members and grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, if I'm being honest, I think that I'd have had to change a lot of things and work another five or ten years and, um, you know, put a hell of a lot in it, besides a lot of other people. And... You know, it needed to go um, national. It needs to go, you know, in, in in other countries. I think the demand's there. And I feel that the company we've sold it to, Neighbourly, I mean, they're the biggest home service company in the world now. They're an American uh, company. And, um, you know, do a massive turnover of all their, their businesses. And I think they're the right company to take it forward. I, I, th I think, you know, often, you know, people say, oh, you're holding the company back. And, and I just think that I was at that stage where... I'm not prepared to do another five or 10 years um, and, and really, you know, work that really, you know, really give it a, a big go. And I think um, it, it was right to, to move over now. But, yeah, of course it was an hard decision. Obviously, the money helped a bit, you know, obviously. The effect. <laughs> I mean, the only reason I said no to that question that Pete originally asked you about, like, do you think you could have done it again, is I look at sort of the timing with the business that we're doing now and how... You know, last year we grew 22%. I think we're about 40% this year for, for our business. And I, I just think, obviously, if I was to do it at a different time, it's all about the timing for me. Like, the t everything's just fallen into place at the right timing. And I, like I just said to Pete when he asked that question I, that I thought you would say no because certain things happen at a certain time in a certain era and it all just falls together. And it feels like, you know, as you're growing, it just... Like people talk about luck, but I think that obviously the bits that you do all the time, it just and when it all falls together, it's it's fantastic to you don't realise it's happening, but it's happening, and that's why I just thought that you might say no because obviously it's a lot different now with you know the internet and stuff like that. I thought maybe you might even have been twice the size because of the internet now if you'd have done what you were doing in this era. But I just feel like sometimes uh, if I if I was doing what I was doing at a different time, it wouldn't work. Uh, I was going to 
to agree with you there. Um, you know, like you said, we don't believe in luck in business. I mean, if, if I relied on luck, I wouldn't have been going out in the middle of the night doing emergencies, weekends, and, you know, getting ill over it. So I don't believe it's luck. I think it's quality of service. I only, you know, whatever product you sell, whether you make something, whether you supply something, whether, whether you, you know, whether you're painting something, you know, it's all about quality of service. And people will always pay for quality. So, you know, we could be the most recognised company in the world, but if we're doing a shit job, people are not going to use you. And, you know, so it's all about, you know, quality of service. Then it's about recognition um, that people know you. But I actually, I'm going to say, I think it's easier today. You write about the internet, but, you know, look, I've only just learned how to turn a computer on. It's never, it's never, I mean, but obviously, you know, I've got, I know people that, I know people that can do magic on them kind of thing. But, you know, it's, you know, I, I don't feel that it's all about, obviously the social media is great and it brings in work, but it's still about quality of service. And if you think about it, you know, we turn up on time, we do the right job and we're transparent. And I think that's what you need in business. So um, just to go, I mean, we'll probably wrap it up shortly, but just wanted to talk to you about actual the job plumbing when you was on the tools, did you have, was there a favorite part of the job you liked? What was your favorite part? And then we, we know we all learn from mistakes. What is the biggest mistake that you ever made at work? Like, did you flood a mansion? Did you, I, I don't know, what's the worst thing you ever uh, did? Can you remember? Oh, blimey. Um, I, I don't know, but what's the best bit I like writing the invoice out? <laughs> <laughs> Completion. <laughs> Completion. <laughs> I'm kidding you up there. Look, you know yourself, you get so much satisfaction able to do whatever you've done, whether you put a toilet in or cleared a block toilet or done a leak. So think that you've gone there and done it and people are happy to pay for you. Um, so what's the best bit? I, I, look, I, I just love the fact that I think that customers thank you. You've done this job and they think you're marvellous and they go, I can't believe it. You know, you turn up on time, you've done this job and I've had this problem with toilet for x amount i just think the satisfaction of of making someone else appreciate your value uh, and and that i think that's the best part of the job it's we have, the got a lot of, we have got a lot of job satisfaction because you're a lot of the time as a plumber you're there reactive as an emergency they've got water through the ceiling they've got no heat in and you you turn up and you sort of fix it you save the day um and also okay. if you've done something like a nice bathroom or some nice pipe work you can stand back and admire it and say yeah i did that so there is a lot of job satisfaction yeah um there, there's there, look you, you know yourself it, it goes from day to day and different people and you know i've gone on many times when you know yourself the water's gone through like you know four or five flights of, of, of a building and ceilings are down and their furniture's damaged and you sort of get there and you you you, you stop that immediately you know what i mean you stop it the water like you know pouring out and 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 you know you found that leak kind of thing or you know you know the tanks burst kind of thing and you you manage to sort of stop it and you know sometimes you, you go to these emergencies and it's been going on for like days you know what i mean and and i just think the satisfaction that you've got that knowledge and ability to be able to please people on doing the job and you know i always found the best way that i noticed an happy customer was you know they, they would pay you at the end kind of thing and you know when i first started off um you, you know when you, you first just come out of the apprenticeship thing and and you, you know you look a bit younger then and people don't think you've got the experience and that and i used to say to customers look um if i if i don't get if i don't if you if i don't do the job then don't pay me and i said i've never not been paid so I still use that as, as, a, as a bit of a guarantee 
speak to people. And then, you know, yourself, you, you can't necessarily, because you're young at the trade, it doesn't mean that you haven't got the knowledge or, or the drive or, you know yourself, Peter, that um, if, if you're at a job and, and there's a problem, you ain't leaving till it's solved. And if you've got to call someone else in because it's not your expertise side of things, then that's what you do. But the most important thing is to get the job done. And, you know, happy job, happy customer. Or completed job, happy customer. What was the worst thing then? Yeah, what was the? Have you? Can you remember what the worst worst thing happened? Because I always find people these days on yeah. social media they like to show you their successes. They like to show you when things are going great. They like to, you know, everything's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Not many people show when they go wrong. Like one of my most popular videos is me cutting through a live water main and getting absolutely soaked. So, yeah. can you can you remember a particularly bad thing that happened? Yeah, with... I remember, remember it was as if it was yesterday. We was doing block drains and I had the company and I was still going out doing a bit. And I've come out of the office, we've got this block drain, we've got some guy, a couple of plumbers, they're trying to do it. And it was in a Chinese restaurant in, um, oh, where was it? I can't remember, Southwest Seven area. That's a better thing to say. And the place was flooded. And, you know, the, what do you call them? All the chefs and whatever they are in there. You know, you ain't, well, you, I say that anyhow, they're, they're walking about in all this muck all over the floor, fucking with their feet in the saucepans, right? Sliding them along. So I'm not kidding the name of the restaurant. And um, and Emily so is the guys that was working with me couldn't do it. So I, I jumped down the manhole, right, and it you know, fucking full up to here, you know what I mean? And um, I jumped down there and I think I took a cut of my clothes. I don't even want to fucking tell you about it now, but anyway, jumped down there and what's it called? The the ratch towel or something, rat thing down there, and it you pull out that plug. You know, because we was rotting and plugging, but the guys there didn't know about this thing you pull out. And so I've jumped down there and had to go under the water to get this thing. Oh. And um yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> you know, yeah, that's it. I, was, I mean, yeah, uh, well, it is, it is what it is, isn't it? You know what I mean? And uh but you know, now I've um sort of um I've not retired, as you know, I've gone into other things and doing some music business now. I have a, a great singer called Ra who's got a record coming out in uh, January called Biker Boy. Um, but, you know, it doesn't look like I've got to clean any more block toilets. That's good. So you still, you've still got that motivation to keep looking for new projects and you still want to, you know, you're not relaxing by a pool yeah. all day. You, you're still grafting. Well, I, do, I, do, I do relax here and there a pool in, in Spain. But look, I think when you've been successful, I think it's good that you want to put something back and, you know, like this program today, you know, I know it'd be a value to people. They've got some people to be going, you know, he's a mug and all that, but you know, what bit of 145 mil for a plumbing company is muggy. Um, but I think it's important that you can just pass on your knowledge. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, um, this is what everyone's got to do, but it's just proof to show that the more you put insight, the more you'll get out of it and luck don't come into it. Um, it's, it's sort of hard work, isn't it? There's, it's hard work and there's taking risks and there's sleepless nights and, um, you know, you know, worrying, you know, are you going to have work next week? Ain't you going to have work? But the end result is, you know, I think the longer you do it, you do it, the better you become. And the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. And it's, it's sort of a question that you've sort of said, you know, what would you do tomorrow? You know, would you still become back as a plumber kind of thing? Kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'll come back as a a much more successful plumber if I went again. So the moral of this podcast really is then, if you're an apprentice and you're watching this now, 
use this as inspiration because if Charlie thinks he could do it again starting tomorrow and make it even bigger even any, what's stopping anybody? the apprentice who's sat watching this now from doing something very similar yeah. and being the next Charlie Mullins even anybody 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 that's sat at home thinking I'm 29 I'm too old to do or I'm 39 mm. you know you're never too never too well you're never too old to start and like you know what a success story you leave school at 15 and then you yeah. sell your business for 145 mil you know like for, just for me, I'll, I've got to say, like, it's impressive. Oh, 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 oh. It's phenomenal. Oh, look, I, I couldn't rightly stand that it was going to turn out like this. You know, if I'm being honest and probably like yourself, you know, um, all I ever wanted to be was a plumber, you know, and and I've been, I think, even happy today, plumber, going in, dealing with nice people, uh, earning good money, you know, it, it, and, and fixing the job. And it was a great, and it's a great, and not everybody's got to be at the, at the top of the ladder, you know, it doesn't matter where you are on the ladder, as long as you're on the ladder. So, but, you know, it, uh, there's no way I, I planned it like this. And, you know, I've had a lot of help on the way and, and I don't put the success to the business down to me. Um, I, you know, the company was too big for one person to, to, to make it. The, the success of the business is down to the people that work for you. And, you know, obviously, if you're a good leader, then, um, you know, that obviously helps. Yeah. I, was, I was actually going to ask as well, Charlie, would you, like, if the toilet broke now in your place, would you still get your tools out and still fix it yourself? I don't know why I'm thinking about that. The answer is no, I'd call him the <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, Charlie, so I've got a copy of your book here, which you very kindly signed for me when I came in to see you. Now, we might have to cut this out because it might not be possible, but we normally do a giveaway um, on the YouTube. So someone who leaves a comment, we, we have a prize and we do a giveaway. Would it be possible for us to get you to sign a copy of your book for one of our viewers as a prize? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'd be delighted to do it. Look, I'm going to send you sort of half a dozen books signed. Oh, awesome. And you, got, and you guys distribute them to the, the, the people that you feel um, are entitled to it. And... You know, I, you know, this is not about money for the books, but just to let everybody know if they do want to buy the book. Um, I thought it was a leak. <laughs> um, You're going to have to get um, the pans out and put your face. I would say to anybody, if they think what I'm talking is worth, you know, listening to or, or, or working that way, then buy the book. Um, there's a lot in there that we haven't discussed. And I think it's helpful. I mean, not only is a, a, a business sort of tips, it's an autobiography, but there's bits in there that have gone on over the years. And, and I think it, it can be helpful to so many people. And, you know, the other thing is the, all the money for the book goes to children, um, my children. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's, it's inspirational. <laughs> it's, it, you can read it and it can motivate you. And it might be that thing that gives you that, you know, to pushes you to take the next step, whether it's getting your first employee, getting your first premises and growing your business, this might be the thing that inspires you. Yeah, undoubtedly, you know, um, I believe, and I'm, I, I'm pretty much sure you guys are with me on this one. I think we're all good at something. And once you find what that is, then just go for it. You know, I really do. I mean, you know, I don't know nothing about anything else other than running a plumbing company. Um, but, you know, that's what I stuck with. And, and, you know, I believe I was pretty good at it. And, and, and I believe that everybody's good at something. It's just a matter of finding it and working on it. I always remember I watched a program on Channel 4. I was, I was going to mention this when you spoke about the council estate, but 
it was this incredible program. I can never remember the name of it, but they, they took a group of people. So um, the idea behind it was you could set, get someone who lived on a council estate and maybe they would never have the opportunity to do something like go skiing because they can't afford to go. They're just not given the opportunity. They might be the world's best skier, but they would never know because they never got the chance to go skiing. Yeah. And you just never know what people, until they try it, you know, you could be a world, the world's greatest chess player. If you've never tried playing chess. I've tried and I'm not. The, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> people don't know until they try it or till they take that leap of faith yeah, or yeah. till they go for it, what they're actually capable of. That amazing. Yeah, you're right. We've got to take chances and risks, but let's not kid anyone. Deep down, we know, uh, you know, what we think we're good at or what we enjoy doing. And you know yourself that, if you actually can get a job that you enjoy, then, you know, that's that's just a, a, an amazing feeling. I mean, air oral must be the go to work and you don't like plastering scenes or you don't like, you know, doing what you're doing. It must be terrible. But to go and do something that you actually enjoy, you know, you know, it shows, doesn't it? It shows because you're happy, customers happy, you you know, you know, you can't, you know, I'm, I mean, like yourself, Pete, I'm sure like you can't wait to get to work each morning. Yeah, I do love my job. There's there's certain things about my job that stress me out. I do get stressed. Um, Customers. I, let, I wear my heart on my sleeve, so I let a lot of things get on top of me. But I do love my job. I love standing back after I've done a job and thinking, yeah, I did that. I like, you know, like you said, pleasing customers, saving the day. I like that aspect of the job. So I do enjoy going to work. And what do they say? If you If you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. It's true. I agree yeah. with that. Well, that's it. I, mean, look, I don't think we're discussing much that a lot of people are not aware of. You know, in other words, we've all got these faults. I think it's just good when somebody else, you know, verifies that, you know, it's lovely to 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 have a nice job that you enjoy. And uh, there's all these things. And, and I think, you know, they're all like, for me, they're just common sense-like things, you, you know, where you're operating a business. And um, But, you know, I suppose the problem with common sense is it ain't that common, is I it? I knew that was coming. I knew that one was coming. <laughs> it's true, though. You knew that was it's coming. true. Yeah, but, love that one. But all these, all these sayings, guys, come from somewhere, don't they? You know, and, and probably the, the best saying I love is, an hard day's work never killed anybody. Don't. You know, and then there's the other one, a, a man who never made a mistake, never made, well, I won't say fuck all. <laughs> you're all right they're all, you're but they're all, meaningful. they're all meaningful when they come from years ago and, and and you know we all copy people you know we all copy and add a little bit more to it and that's how you've got to go forward yeah. you know like as you said when you came down with all the guys and a great bunch of guys you came down with and um you know i think you had a great day everybody felt that they got something out of the day and i think that's important you know you got to sort of go around places and you know if you see someone's got a, a nice fan you think I think I'll do that, band. And yeah, of course we copy a bit of sign writing. We copy people. When people used to copy Pimlico plumbers years ago, I'd be like, God, I hate this, and they can't do this, they can't do. It. But now I'm, I'm I'm proud of that when people copy it because it means it's a good system. What's it? Imitations and sincerest form of flattery. I agree with that as well. But you take inspiration from where you know loads of places, but I was inspired and a lot of the lads i came with they absolutely loved it seeing how you operate your premises it was just yeah it was a really good day so before we finish we normally do uh, i do a shit joke basically i know you're you've got some do you want to tell us a joke charlie because i know you've got some belters is that putting your yeah, I mean, no. what's your favorite joke well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't be as bad as Pete's. 
I can't think of my, <laughs> my favourite one, but um, you do one first, go on, Pete, because you're... Um, oh, God. You're that <laughs> you didn't think of one, did you? I've not, I've not pre- prepared a oh, joke. Pete's, Pete's joke. <laughs> uh, uh, I've got one. Yeah. I've got one, guys. Yeah, there ain't many plumbing jokes out there, is there? No. No, they're not. They do that silly one about the corgi dog and corgi res, all that nonsense. But not many plumbing jokes. So, anyhow, this plumber, like, he's advertising in, in Yellow Pages, 24-hour plumber, 24-hour plumber. Doors only gets called out. Geezer calls him out and wants a pair of taps fitted. So he goes out, fits the taps, and all of a sudden he's doing the invoice, just leaving, and it's water like pissing through the ceiling. And he and, and all of a sudden the geezer goes, he's like the, the customer goes, What's going on here? He says, He says, What's coming through the ceiling? He says, How long have you been a plumber? He said, 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even I like that one too. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> Awesome, Charlie. Well, we really appreciate you doing this. Um, it was great to talk to you. I think, well, I really enjoyed that listening yeah, to Yeah, yeah. I mean, from, for, for me, from the business side, running a business myself, because Pete's from the trade side, that's why we decided to do the podcast. He's, uh, you know, yeah. I, I love listening to that sort of thing, like especially somebody that's, you know, open and honest that, you know, the shit hit the fan, it doesn't always go right. You know, I just it's a big inspiration for, for me personally, but I'm sure for everybody else, listening to it as well so you know well done on all your success and you know from your side the, the trade sort of side and how that comes across i think that's you know for, for me it's been really it's been really good listening to what you had to say yeah yeah well look, i think it's important you know to put something back into things and you know it's not all about just earning the money and and you know pimlico have been very charitable with different things and we still do different things and i think that's important and, and you know that creates a, a great workplace by Putting something back, like what you guys are doing, you're helping so many people, and 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 I'm sure this will help people. And um, that's what we have to do. We have to put something back into it. And I, you know, I will say to people, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Cheers, Charlie. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Thank you. I'll send you the invoice. (laughs) (laughs) And that was just for the joke. (laughs) That wasn't a joke. (laughs) Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, mate. Have a good evening as well. Good weekend. Thanks, mate. And you guys. Cheers. Thank you.